Welcome back to the admittedly sporadic My Entertainment World podcast. Uh, Today I'm joined by Tim Collins, one of our longest standing television writers who always covers reality TV for us. Um, And we thought that we couldn't possibly let the end of this Big Brother season and the beginning of Survivor Second Chances happen without at least chiming in a little bit. Um, so we've been wanting to get together to do this for a long time, so we have him over Skype. Tim, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Um, all right. So I figure we should start old, out with the old, in with the new, right? So let's maybe start with Big Brother. How are you feeling about this season? I am liking it. I'm not loving it. It's really hard after last season to get as into the show as I was with uh, Derek's amazing gameplay. Um, overall, a lot of big personalities this, this year again, and I think some really good strategists left early because of, ultimately, Vanessa. Uh, and I, I'm just like super excited for the final three because at this point I actually do feel that it's a really deserving group, and I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I'm sort of having the same struggle, whereas, like, I really don't like Vanessa. Um, Like, as a, and and I want to, I want to, because she really has played a strong game. She's been behind almost every eviction this year, except Shelly and Clay, obviously. She, you know, she, she really is a deserving winner, and the season, I know, intellectually, will be the best if not the best ever, but like it'll, it will be its best self if Vanessa wins. But I find her so annoying. Mm-hmm. I cannot I handle. I have the same struggle. Yeah, I can't handle the hypocrisy. I cannot handle the tears. Oh, and I and I really don't like. Have you heard about this thing? Apparently, in her, um, like they do an HOH blog every week for CBS.com, and apparently in her, she talked about how she's not being truthful in the diary room. Um, the, and the assumption here is generally that, like, if they are doing an America's Player or something, she doesn't want to hurt her chances for the advantage. Um, but she's not being truthful with her strategy in the diary room, and she plans to release an ebook after the season. Oh, weird. Uh, unveiling her strategy. I just feel like that is just so taking advantage and not playing the way you're supposed to play. Not that that's not an annoying thing to say, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's sort of um, using the show as more of a springboard than an actual self, uh, self-contained self entity, and I find that really annoying. You have to let the audience in on your strategy. Otherwise, we're going to assume that all of your crazy crying is because you're unhinged and not because you're secretly manipulating everybody. Yeah. You just have yeah. to tell us what you're up to. And it's weird because I feel like maybe that explains a lot of why a lot of her big moves this season or a lot of those unexpected uh, house guests who were evicted when you when you thought, oh, obviously Liz is going to leave over Julia or you thought, obviously Shelly's going to leave over Clay. We didn't actually really see a lot of clips to show what led up to those decisions. And I thought part of that maybe was just because it was like subtle play on Vanessa's end. Um, not that she had everything to do with it. And, and I know that the clay situation was a little different, but I kept thinking maybe we're not seeing a lot of her uh, talking about strategy and, and explaining how she came up with her decisions. Cause maybe she's not even doing it in the diary room, but 
sounds like she's just manipulating the diary room as well. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, my, my assumption was sort of that, like, if she said it, they would absolutely show it. I don't see why it would be in the editor's best interest to have their best strategy not, best strategist not well liked by the audience. But, uh, yeah, I find it really confounding. And, and there have been a few times this year where just for, like, timing reasons things haven't been shown so the one I always think of um is the the huge turning point in the game was the week that Vanessa was on the block opposite Shelly and like obviously Vanessa should have gone home and that was a huge tide turned and from what we could see though we have no idea why it was turned we have no idea who was ultimately responsible for that. If Vanessa talked her way off the block that week, she easily deserves to win. If she was the benefactor, not the benefactor, the beneficiary of the insane goodwill slash just bad gameplay of James and Meg, who were weirdly paranoid about Shelley, then I don't think she should get credit for that. But because it happened to happen on a double eviction episode... We got nothing. Like, yeah. the decision was made after the veto ceremony and before a double eviction, which means this big house turn just got completely swept under the rug. And we'll never know. Right. And I, I'm just so... I, I feel the exact same way about Vanessa that you do, that ultimately she's just annoying. She comes across as fake constantly, even in the diary room, which she probably is being fake. And while she probably is the maybe the well ultimately i think she right now is the most deserving winner but i was so hoping somebody would get rid of her or if johnny mac when johnny mac came back he would win something and put her up and evict her and everyone's had this opportunity to get rid of her so many times yet they keep taking her to the end and she's gonna win it all i think it's nuts for any of them to think that she has even the slightest chance of losing in a final two situation yeah. Oh, exactly. And it's it's so strange to me, too, because, like, this season could have been, like, there were multiple spots along the way where it could have been a really great season, in my estimation. Now, I know lots of people really loved, especially in the first few weeks, especially live feeders, because apparently Audrey was fantastic on the live feeds. But a lot of people really loved the first few weeks of this this season, and we've actually been getting a lot of heat for our season rankings because we both agree that season 16 was probably the best season we've ever done. We both loved it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because you're not a live feeder, right? No, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I think that really does change what your opinion is. Like, a lot of live feeders didn't like Frankie. I loved Frankie. Uh, a lot of people thought, you know, I think all of the characters other than Derek suffered on the live feeds last year, just because seeing so much of them. Um, and this year, there have been multiple times when, uh, like, if Jason had stayed in, Jason was probably someone who would have been an ultimate all-star for me. Like, oh, yeah. he was so funny, so clever. Do you remember the time that Austin came up and lied to him, then walked away, and Jason's just, like, lying out by the pool, smoking a cigarette, and just goes, he's lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he did that a couple times. It was hysterical. Yeah, like, he just <laughs> sees straight through people. I, I loved Jason. If Jason had stayed, I didn't love Devon. She was a little too too much for me. She was really, her, she could not control her anger, and that drove me crazy. 
Um, but if Jason had stayed, if uh, Vanessa, even just last week, if Vanessa hadn't won that veto and Johnny Mac's incredible ploy to pretend that he wanted to evict Steve so that Vanessa didn't think they were together and all that kind of stuff, if that had worked and Johnny Mac had gone on to the win, I'd be kind of okay with this season. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I just can't handle Vanessa. I, 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 again, like, just from a pure standpoint of personality, I don't want her to win. But at this point, it's like, well, Liz is kind of annoying. I mean, she's equally annoying. I think between Liz and Julia, I, I really prefer Julia as a person. Yeah. Liz is a game player, for sure. Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah, that's just apparent. And Steve is just so strange and odd and like I feel like I love him oh my god he drives me nuts like I I can't decide I I I have this idea that he has to be smart like he's gotta be and like we see some of it but he gets so overly emotional and I don't think that's fake um (laughs) no it's not no not at all and like while it's sort of endearing it's also like you you actually aren't very smart you're not a very strategic player either like I the thing about this season that just baffles me is, like, and in comparison to 16, 16 we had the quiet strategist, and, and he killed the game without anyone noticing. And this season is the opposite. It's like you have the loud strategist in Vanessa that everyone knows is going behind everyone's back and doing all this stuff, yet for some reason they're not getting rid of her. And for me, there isn't, there hasn't really been somebody, except arguably, I would say Shelley, who I think was was playing a pretty quiet, strong game mm-hmm. until a certain... I mean, I think Shelly's biggest downfall is just the fact that she was so close to Clay. I feel like if she came in this house without him, she would have lasted a little bit long, a lot longer. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It's just There's so many people that I was so indifferent to in the beginning, and then I feel like this is one of the only seasons where I sort of liked everyone at some point except for Austin I never liked Austin Um, (laughs) I liked Austin in the first episode I was utterly convinced Austin was gonna be like the secretly awesome player of the year and then it just went downhill so fast it was too much I mean, the Austin-Vanessa alliance was just like, I can't, oh, I can't deal with this yeah. right now. Even, I love Devon, and I, I, I know you wouldn't like her, but I loved her. <laughs> uh, she was, you know, even though she was totally not keeping her emotions intact, and she was way too angry. Oh, you dropped out. Oh. Same been... thing with Audrey. Like, oh, there you the go. two of them, I loved them both in the beginning. And then after a couple of weeks, it was like, what are you guys doing? You could have been so good. Yeah. yeah, Audrey. Audrey was an amazing one for me because Audrey really could have, like, she was so charming. She, and, and it admittedly, like, Shelly specifically even said, like, nobody wanted to be the person who put Audrey up. Now, whether that's right or fair, whatever, she, Audrey was so charming and so easygoing and so, um, or not easygoing, but like personable that she easily could have sailed socially straight through and then really poured on all of that game savvy later. And she just went crazy instead. (laughs) And it's too bad because there were, she, I mean, her and Jason really are the two where I'm just like, you, we could have, you could have really been great, great TV going through this season. Um, 
And then you're right. Your Shelly was another one who throughout the season I was like, you might be playing the best game. But it kept driving me crazy that every time Shelly won, Clay would try to tell her what to do. Oftentimes she actually wouldn't necessarily do what Clay said. Um, but he was always trying to tell her, he kept throwing out the same strategy every single time, which was, let's put up Johnny Mac, he'll throw the B.O.B., blah, blah, blah. And it, it, he really, like, Clay seems like a nice enough guy, but come on, he's like 22. Shelly, you're so smart, just stop listening to this guy. Yeah. And what really bothered me was that, uh... This was the first season I listened to Rob Hunt's podcast after every episode, which is a complete addiction. Uh, it actually, I, I think it kind of hindered my love of the show because I really like to be able to, like, have my own opinions in a vacuum and make sure I know how I feel. But I definitely was like, hmm, but Alex Kidwell thinks this. And, <laughs> you know, that would sort of throw me. Um, so I'm, I think I should give it up for next year. But I really enjoyed it this year. But one of the things, so I got a lot more... Uh, sort of fan feedback this year, if you will. Like, I sort of got a sense of what everybody else was saying more than usual. And it was amazing. Everybody seemed to agree that Clay was playing stronger than Shelly. And I'm like, what on earth are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Like, and I think it was just a default. Everyone assumed she was letting him run her game, but I just, you know, basic gender politics. But I really don't think she was. I think that if it wasn't for James... Who was admittedly fun, but still, if it wasn't for James, Shelly really could have done a really great job this season and gone really, really far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was totally bummed. I mean, the, the week that she left over Vanessa, it was that was what I thought was going to be the turning point. I was like, okay, Vanessa's going to go. Shelly is going to kick ass because she has really no alliance. I mean, she always was close to the twins, so I, I really thought she was going to take it pretty far, um, yeah. but. It was shocking. I mean, who'd have thought that, like, the strongest alliance to make it to the end was essentially the stupid Liz twins? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can't, you know, Oz twins or whatever they call them. Um, and they, they weren't even really good at strategy at all. Like, they, they actually just had numbers on their side, and they had Vanessa. And I think, you know, ultimately, yes, Liz won a few competitions, but I just feel like they 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 clearly had to have played well to get as far as they did. And I think the only thing they maybe had going for them was their social game. They seemed to really have everyone who kind of liked them. And again, I don't want to watch the feed, so I don't know if that's true. But it, it seemed that for the most part, a lot of a lot of them, a lot of the house guests really liked each other this year. Especially toward like the final eight, they all got along, and there wasn't a lot of people hating on each other, except for a little, a lot, a lot of everyone hating on Vanessa secretly. <laughs> um, which makes it that much more fascinating that like, she's still in it and they and they made it that far and Liz is still in it too. And I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens with the final HOH. Yeah. Who do you think it's going to win the final HOH? Break it down for me part by part. Um, so what do we usually have? An endurance one first and then a, and then a part two is usually like a... Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those one. combinations of like it's a physical task that you have to do yeah. fast, but it's also usually a memory like who went out in what order. So I think Vanessa's going to kick kill that one. I would assume right away. Um, I think she'll win the physical slash memory one. Um, I think it'll come down to Vanessa. 
Oh, you dropped out again. Buckle under pressure. Sorry, who, you dropped out. Who's gonna say? Who's gonna buckle under pressure? Oh, um, I think Liz is gonna buckle under pressure. Right. Well, okay. So for but part one, whoever wins part one goes straight to part three, and you gotta think part one is definitely coming down to one of the two girls. Like Steve's got no endurance in at all, right? No, not at all. Uh, I really think it would be Vanessa, but I mean Liz, if it, she actually did really well at the endurance ones. Yeah. Uh, but although Vanessa killed it with that uh, swinging one when when the jurors came back. Oh, that drove me crazy. Yeah. It's like if Johnny Mac had won, that, whatever. Like <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But man, if Johnny Mac had ever been able to win even one competition right. at the right time, like he won a lot of competitions, and he's get he gets overlooked for that. But if he'd been able to win that HOH or last week's veto or anything like that, he would have been he would have booted her in a second, and we would have had an entirely different season. I know. It, it would have been so interesting. Oh yeah, because he was so much fun. Um, he was. And he's one of those people who, like, again, he talked a lot of strategy, but he didn't have an opportunity to be strategic, so it was just sort of frustrating. And all he did, like, his biggest thing, even though, I mean, this was the joke in the beginning that everyone put him up and he threw it and threw it and threw it. But even after they stopped putting him up, he would still throw stuff because he's like, I think I'm safe, I'm going to throw it. And it was so frustrating. So it's like, yeah, but if you don't throw it and get H2H, you can make a big move. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that tricky line between, like, sort of the old school philosophy, right? And even all the way up through Dan Giesling still sort of maintains that um, throwing competitions is, on Big Brother at least, not obviously on Survivor, never throw a competition on Survivor. But on Big Brother, it is a strong strategy to throw competitions but the, as we get sort of later into the series history with B.O.B. coming up and all this kind of stuff, and people and the winners tend to be people who have like four HOHs, five HOHs, things like this, at a certain point, the, the game has changed. And I think that he really did have to win something yeah. uh, because he, he, he wasn't the sort of player who could move the chess pieces without the actual power. He was on his own a lot. And so he needed to have the actual HOH in his hand in order to be able to do anything. You need the people or the power. Ideally, both. Well, and look at the final three. I think all of them have won HOH a couple times at this point. They've, they're all actually pretty decent at competitions now, whereas in the beginning we wouldn't have said, like, Steve was not very good early on. Um, Vanessa didn't even win that much. Well, she, I mean, she won an earlier HOH, but they sort of all got better at, uh, yeah well he sorry Tim keeps <laughs> cutting out here no um yeah well and it, it's interesting because I feel like Steve especially down the stretch they tend to be a lot of memory competitions a lot of intelligence sort of based things um and with Johnny Mac gone that'll definitely benefit Steve so he has I think Steve has a, as strong a shot at part three of the HOH the trouble is if we're assuming a woman's going to win at endurance, then uh, part two might not be Steve's strong point. You know, he, he's not fast, although he is smart. And he's won one of those before that where he knows everything that happens every single week. So I think yeah. if Vanessa takes part one and Steve is up against Liz in part two, that's his best option. So then part three, I could see Steve taking this HOH. In which case, we're looking at a shocking, I think, 
Liz Steve final finale. Oh my god. Who do you do think you, wins that? Do you that? think that um, I've, I've been trying to think who would take who? I keep thinking that. Uh, that Liz would take. She, I'm going in and out again. Yeah. Um, I think Liz would take Vanessa. Yeah. And I think. I think Vanessa, honestly, I don't think it matters. I think she probably could do either. She mm-hmm. might be afraid of Liz just because Liz got has two votes, but I don't even think I don't think it matters. I think Vanessa could take anyone. Steve is the one that I'm sort of questioning because I, I want to believe he's smart enough to know that he should take Liz, but I think he would easily look at the numbers and say, "Oh, but that's two votes <coughs> against me, so I'm going to take Vanessa." <laughs> yeah, you know I. Yeah, I, I do worry that he would think about those two votes too much. Um, but I don't know. I, I got to believe that Steve would take Liz. I just have to. Um, I think I think Liz definitely takes Vanessa. I think Vanessa plays. And I think Vanessa takes Liz because I think she plays the uh, women card. And though there haven't been enough female winners, a woman has never beaten a man in the final two, all that kind of stuff. And she both gets Liz to take her and or that's her excuse. Because, you know, Vanessa, she always needs a reason yeah. to evict Steve. Um, well, and I think she could easily pull the, well, you know, I was in this alliance with Austin and the twins. And that was who I was true to till the end. And I think she can say, yeah. except for, you know, I'm sure she'll say getting rid of Austin was my biggest regret. Yeah. But I had to do that because I knew I was close enough with Liz that she would keep me. And then we would have a final two. And I think that's a smart move. Um, and I, I think she would earn a lot of respect yeah. um, from everyone except for Austin. <laughs> so I think we can mostly agree and argue about Devon, but we're gonna, I'm going to ask anyway, who out of this season would you like to see return if we do get an all-star season next year, which I really think we're due for? Um, oh, there's so many of them I'd like to see. I mean, I kind of want to see Audrey come back just to see if she plays smarter at some mm. point. <laughs> um, I would love to see Jason. I would love to see Johnny Mac. I think Johnny Mac is a given. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I mean, he's the most obvious choice to come back. I could do without Steve. You know, I, I don't think he needs to come back. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather uh, see I'd rather see Ian again than Steve. But I do love yeah. Steve. Like, I think we don't talk enough about. Like, I think he's smarter than he seems. I think he... Uh, I think a lot of the innocent stuff he's playing up for the cam or not for the cameras, but he's playing up for the other house guests. And I like, and I, I do like that he talks to the cameras. I think that, you know, he's sort of an isolated guy, but he knows there are people watching and that he knows there are people on his side. So he, he talks to us, which I like. I like people who use the audience. So, yeah, I agree. I don't need to see him again. I think I'd rather see Ian. Uh, and obviously we're only getting one of the two, but I like him. What about James? Do you want to see James again? Oh, sorry, we lost him. Hey, you there? Tim? I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, so I was just asking, what about James? I feel like he's a shoe-in from production's point of view to bring back from a game point of view. I don't know. Ugh, I just, I, I mean, he's one of those people who, he's like Austin. Like, they both felt like they were such great players, but I'm like, no, you did nothing. You made stupid moves when you actually had power. Like, they, they talked a big game, but they didn't actually have any game. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, James, it was interesting. I really, you know, the week that he was HOH and he booted Clay really was huge. Like, that really did make a big difference in the game. The problem was follow through. He, he yeah. you know, I, I don't think it was a bad move to put up Clay and Shelly. I think that was actually really great and well-timed and he executed well. I think the problem with them was that, and, and I include um, sort of like Meg and the whole that whole side of the house, is that when they weren't in power, they felt like they weren't in power. And the difference between them and Vanessa is Vanessa never felt like she wasn't in power or insisted upon having power, even when she didn't actually have any. And I think that's how you win the game, is you have to control when you're not in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to paraphrase a speech from the Mighty Ducks 3 or anything, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so, but I feel like he's someone CBS brings back, because I think CBS loved James. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I could see I could see them bringing back Audrey. I could see them bringing back James for sure. I could even see them bringing back Clay just because he's so pretty and they're going to like that. He's so pretty. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like there's so many personalities. Jason, they could bring back easily. Johnny Mac is obvious. I really hope they bring back Shelly. I mean, she deserves to play without Clay at some point. Yeah, uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think that Shelly, I don't know that she was a big enough personality but I would love for them to bring back Shelly. I think from, you know how uh, Survivor in, um, I believe it was Fans versus Favorites. It must have been the second one. Uh, they brought back Andrea Belke and everyone was like, why are you bringing back this random bikini girl? And it's, that's exactly it. She's a random bikini girl and they need bikini girls. And then she turned out to be 20 times the player she was the first time we saw her. Um, I do think that Shelly hopefully will just be the like insert blonde here bring back person because we do need them occasionally. Apparently I'm told by CBS that we need to have like random hot girls. Um, and I would like, cause Shelly really is more than she looks like she's going to be. So I really hope that she gets to come back. I doubt to be honest, I really want Jason. I think he in my head would be a shoe in. Uh, for a returning season. I'm not sure. I think he went out too early. And because they had Johnny Mac as the big personality, they don't. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But I'd like, love I, an all-star season. I, I feel like they can't have Frankie and Jason back. Um, I don't think they do that. So I almost feel like, obviously, Frankie's the shoe-in for like, a returning season. So I, I just think they're going to try to balance out. I, I almost feel like they brought Jason in hoping he'd be like the crazy flamboyant Frankie this season. And he, he was a lot more calm um, than his well, casting reel made him Yeah, that's true. But I, I like, he was more, um, he was Britney-esque, right? Like he was snarky. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, that was just an energy level thing. And on one hand, I mean, yes, from CBS's point of view, obviously Frankie has to come back. I'm not 100% sure Frankie would do it um, just because he's so busy being Frankie and sparkling yeah. like a Frankie. Right. But, um, and I say that as a Frankie fan, I still just, you know. Um, but you know what's interesting? You say that uh, because they do have such different energies. I agree that they probably won't bring them both back. But it's worth noting that that comment probably comes from a place of there's only ever one gay guy on Big Brother. But this year, we actually had, what, three members of the LGBT community in the house at one time? That's way more than we usually get. 
Yeah, that's true. So that's kind of at least a little bit notable, maybe. I don't know. Progress. <laughs> I know. I, I still wish they actually would... The thing that is interesting about the show is when it started, it was a pretty diverse series. And like, and not just in terms of... Um, I mean, it, obviously, there's you're always one LGBT person every season, but... Like, they actually did the whole age gap, and I know they're never going to go back to that, but, like, bring some old people in. They add so much more interest to this season when you get, like, a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old who's in here and and has to, you have to see the dynamic of how they're interacting with those young kids. And I feel like this is such a young cast. Like, it, it's great, and they're fun, and they're they all, you know, interesting to watch, but it just starts yeah. to feel more and more like the real world and less and less, like, a good reality competition yeah well and it's so funny because like Derek was the old guy last year Derek he's like 35 but he was the old guy but it was really interesting to see him purposely morph into like a 24 year old for the sake of the show with the beanie and the and the um the facial hair and stuff that was, it was that was funny that was one of my favorite things about last year it was just like Derek's meta commentary on what it is to be a millennial. It was I know. So funny. That was okay. great, and like that was one of those interesting things when they had the segment about look what he did to disguise himself as time went on. I was like, I didn't even notice that he gradually yeah. like was younger. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice either, and that that was oh man, I love that season. I don't know why people don't like that season. Um, Because I thought there were so many great personalities on that season, which is why I was thinking about casting an all-star for season 18. And I filled the entire cast with just, like, people who went out too early this season and my favorites from last season. I was like, well, sorry, Eric Stein. I do want to see you again. (laughs) But it's never going to happen. But they did have two really good seasons in a row with a lot of really great personalities, which is why I definitely think you're right. I think they have to do an all-star one next summer because these people are itching to get back. Yeah. Well, I actually really didn't like this season. I found it really, really frustrating. But I feel like there were so many people I really liked. They just didn't get the airtime that I wanted, uh, which is why ultimately the season frustrated me. I also really have a problem with this. We're going to do a BB takeover. Oops, never mind. Just pretend we never said that. Like, just, I just do it. Just if you're gonna do it, you have to do it. Well, and that was the thing. I mean, I get that maybe they couldn't have like a special guest star every week come in and do the takeover, but you promised to do a different twist every week, and it lasted three weeks, and then that was it. And I was like, no, like if you're gonna, if if you want this to be the twistiest summer ever, then go with it. And what ended up happening was they said this is the like biggest twist of the summer all or the biggest season of twists ever and actually probably had the least twists of most seasons yeah other than maybe i think season 10 was twistless um but other than season though i think season 10 and like going back to season like season two um yeah you're right there were very very few because even the even at, at least one two i think of the uh takeovers weren't big twists but yeah. the apparently they were just like, well, the cast is so great that we don't need any twists. But once Devon was gone, once Audrey was gone, once Jason was gone, then you could put in, you don't have to abandon it completely. You could have just put more in. Or, like, I'm all for basic gameplay. Like, last season, if there'd been no twists whatsoever, I would have been happy. At the end of last season, I I wanted season 17 to be 
rematch. Do- Just put the same people in and a new set of twists or no twists and see what happens. But yeah, anyway, so we should we should move on from Big Brother. Um, but we're we're in agreement. We're probably looking at a Vanessa win. Yeah. Although. Again, yeah. I actually wouldn't even be pissed if Liz won at this point. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy that the three of them are there, but I think Vanessa is the most deserving. Yeah. I'm still rooting for my boy Steve. I love Steve. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a long shot, but I love Steve. Um, all right. So then, actually, you know, time warping a little bit. Before the finale of Big Brother on Wednesday, we're going to get the premiere of Survivor Second Chances which is only the third full returning player season in Survivor history. But while the previous ones have been all-star, all-stars, so they've been winners included. Uh, Gosh, uh, Heroes vs. Villains had three-time returnees, this sort of thing. This is our first time doing no previous winners, no third-time returnees, pure second chance. So who are you most excited to see back? Uh, um, there's so many people. It's Kelly Wigglesworth, like, I, from day one of Survivor, like, she's the reason I still watch Survivor. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, I just remember watching season one and being like, this is a good show, but, like, that was before they even knew what alliances were, you know? Yeah. And she was part of the first alliance, and they turned on her, and she had such this epic, almost redemption story where she won, I mean, she won immunity after immunity after immunity and made it all the way to the final two and was arguably robbed. I think in, in a current season, she probably would have done well. Um, so I'm excited to see her and see how she's changed. I'm pretty sure you were the only person on Earth who thinks Kelly Wigglesworth was robbed of her win. <laughs> Oh my god, I think she was so robbed. Because I think if we... I, I actually don't think... I think if that exact same season happened today, the audience would think something totally differently than they did back then. And and it was entirely... Bec- oh, you dropped out again. Hello. <laughs> I have like a crap load of strategy, but he just won so much in the end competitions that he, he won the title. You're and that was about, sorry, Kelly. You, you dropped out. You're talking about Mike? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Were you talking about Mike Holloway? Yeah. Yeah. So I really think him and Kelly played a similar game, basically, is, is what I'm arguing. You know, and... I, I see that. They, I see that. But on the same... Okay. One, on one hand, until that disastrous auction episode, Mike actually had strong strategy. He had a, a great alliance wrapped around him, essentially. He was all set. Um, he had complete control of the game. It was just that he he lost Dan, and he, but he had one of the best reads on the game I've ever seen. He knew anytime somebody was moving away from him, he was watching them go. Like he knew Rodney, he was losing Rodney. He knew what was happening. He could he had the correct read, which I feel like is half the battle to being a great strategist. He just couldn't seem to win them back, which is obviously the more important half of being a great strategist. Um, but Mike, you know, it's interesting because while I loved Mike as a winner, did not love the season, but I loved Mike as a winner. Um, he's not my ideal type of winner. I really like someone who maneuvers their way to the end instead of big winners. Um, I I don't, I don't like a lot of protection. I want you to use your idol 
like to save somebody unexpected and completely flip the vote. And do you remember in Samoa um, when it was fo- the FOA FOA 4 and they were down, obviously, in the numbers against Galu? And they managed to week after week after week find a way to flip the vote. And the first time they did this, I think it was the first time, they managed to. Uh, I was about to say evict them in Big Brother mode. They managed to vote off somebody with two votes or something like that because they used the idol at the exact right moment. Um, that's, this is how I want people to use their idols, to, f- to yeah. flip votes, uh, to, to vote people out when, with only two votes when there are ten people left in the game, to pre- like, like when Parvati pulled out two and yeah. protected her two allies. Um like yeah, or I even I mean it didn't really take him that far because he just didn't have the numbers. But when Malcolm got Philip voted out, uh, these sort of things I don't. When you have to use your idol because you're going home, I, I yeah, it's a certain. I liked Mike. He he had a hard fought victory. I liked it, but did I enjoy Redemption Island more? Even though everybody hates that season, absolutely. Because Boston Rob played such a perfect game that at one point he tossed an immunity idol clue into a volcano. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Sorry, who who else are you excited about? So Kelly, who you think is the best player ever. Super excited about (laughs) Kelly. Um, I'm excited about uh, Sherman, obviously. I think she could play a really good game um, if she calms down her personality a bit. <laughs> um, I think you know what I'm really excited about. Um, obviously, the like Spencer cast Tasha threesome is is interesting because those those are really I think three really good players and all the on the what it was it the brains team back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for Tasha. I feel like she is the only one. She was really underrated as a player, and I think she did really well with competitions. Her and Spencer were really good partners. And I feel like she's not going to be an initial threat this season, and I think that means she's going to end up staying in really long. And I have a feeling we're going to see her definitely in, in the merge um, at the very least. So I'm excited yeah. to see what she does outside of her previous alliances. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the early weeks go down because I feel like returning players do have a tendency to go after targets really early. Um, Whereas, you know, your standard season, you see quote-unquote weak players voted out. So that's where you see your Sierra Easton go out early as opposed and your Cass, as opposed to, like, if Sierra Easton makes the merge, I feel like Sierra Easton's in the finals. Like, she, I didn't love her on her season, but she has serious game, I think, and will, uh, people like her, Monica Padilla, um, my, my personal winner pick is Kelly Wentworth. Yeah. Who I feel like is going to come out of the shadows a little bit. She's one of the lesser known players. She's not going to be a target. But, like, these sort of people who, well, Kelly's great in challenges, but, um, people like Sierra and Cass are definitely people who, in a normal season, theoretically would be voted out fairly early not that they were but they kind of you'd think they would be um because people are trying to keep their tribe strong that's why you keep Atasha because she's a badass um but this season I'm feeling like first votes you're getting out uh Spencer and I think you're getting out god I'm worried about Stephen Fishback I love him um, yeah you know I don't 
I think Stephen is one of those go. people who everyone I know everyone I mean I read all the articles online and all the critics are so excited to have him back I just don't even have much of a, I know who he is I just don't have enough of a memory of him to even care about him and I'm, I know that will change but okay like, confession yeah. so I'm actually survivors are a tough one for me because I have a gigantic hole in my survivor knowledge because I quit for right. a long time um, and the reason I love Steven has nothing to do with his ability to play Survivor and everything to do with freaking Rob has a podcast, of course. I just yeah. think he's adorable, and I think he's smart, and I want to root for him. Um, I didn't see his season. I didn't see, um, gosh, almost anything. So I, I saw, I, wa- I used to watch the finales when I was a kid, just the ones that were watched by like 50 million people. Um, so I watched the Borneo finale, the Australia finale, the Africa finale, but I didn't watch the show. Uh, starting with season four, that's when I started, and then I ended, um, I believe, after All Stars, which was like four seasons or something. Um, and then I didn't come back for years. So I saw sort of the early Boston Rob era. I saw Rob Sesternino. I saw Thailand and Brian and all his nonsense. Uh, and the and I saw all of Rupert. Uh, but I didn't come back until Samoa, actually, because you were telling me how great the season was. And uh, so I came back and I watched all of Samoa in like two days and I've been hooked ever since. But because of that, there's this whole big, like I never saw the original fans versus favorites. Um, So I haven't actually seen a lot of these people. So it'll be really interesting. And Steven's definitely one of them who I've never seen play. I just know his analysis of the game, but whether that'll be practical skill, who'll know. You still um... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just love, in general, the concept of this season. Like, it, it makes so much sense. The only thing that I think would be better than a... Maybe not better, but the only thing that would be more interesting to watch, maybe, than uh, returning Second Chance would be, like, an all-winner season, which they'll never get all winners, I don't think, who would ever all want to come back, but I think that would be super fun, super fun to watch. So, I'm excited. I mean... You know, it's funny. After 31, which is this season coming up, we will have 30 winners. Cassandra obviously happened twice. It still boggles my mind, people. But whatever. Uh, I really don't like Sandra. I know people like Sandra. But I don't understand how she could possibly be a two-time winner. Um, but, uh, whoa, sorry. I'm, like, reverberating back at myself through Skype. What's happening? Um... <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, I agree with you. A winner's season would be really good. The reason I think that they... I mean, yes, I do think it would be difficult to get all of them back. I mean, Brian's never coming back. He had, like, a fight with CBS. Uh, I think it'd be difficult to get Ethan. I don't think they legally can have Richard. All of this kind of stuff. Um, But... I, I don't know... I I think part of the reason that they they don't want to do it is because... A lot of time, I think CBS considers a lot of the winners not the best players of their season. Um, I think I and I say this as a Natalie White fan and defender. I adamantly believe Natalie White played a strong game in Samoa. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I think that there are a lot of seasons where CBS is sort of like, well, we don't want the Natalie White. We want the Russell. You know, we don't want, not that they did invite her back, but we metaphorically speaking, want Colby over Tina. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, it would, it would be interesting to watch, but well, ultimately, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, though, because, 
um, I think that a lot of weak seasons in the sort of more recent era have had really good winners. Um, like, who do I want to see from One World? Yeah, I think just you're, I think him. that's right. Um, uh, yeah, like, and I was just thinking about one of my favorite seasons. Um, I can ne- was it Caramoa? No, Caramoa fans versus Agion. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the the one the brains versus bronze versus beauty. I think that was probably one of the best seasons of Survivor ever. And I was looking at this picture of Spencer, and I'm looking at Tasha, and I'm looking at Cass, and I'm like, who won that season? This there are all these amazing people. Uh, how it's not possible that they they must have had a dud winner. And then I remember it was Tony, and I'm like, nope, amazing winner. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I have to say my biggest disappointment for this season is that, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. Carolyn? Was she the runner-up last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, first of all, she, I, I, I like Mike, but I think she was screwed out of the win, and I think that had a lot to do with gender over anything else. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Why I, do you I, I have, like, a whole theory about uh, female players of Survivor and how You're dropping out again. Sorry, say that again and how they what? I have a theory that how all most of the female players of Survivor, if they're even considered a little bit cutthroat, uh, there's an issue with them. Everyone dislikes them. Whereas if a man is a little bit cutthroat, he's considered actually a really good player. So I don't think people... Yeah. Sorry, he keeps cutting out of his um, But I think she, I know, I'm going out a lot. <laughs> um, that's an interesting point. I, um, I'm not sure when it comes to the jury whether that's always true. I want to believe it's not. Um, Carolyn, I think, um, like, I think she played a strong game. I think against anybody other than Mike, she might have had a shot. But... Um, Mike was just, he had so many friends on the jury and he won, because he won his way to the end. And this is, this is the thing. If you win your way to the end, you didn't evict, or evict, why do I keep saying that? You didn't vote anybody off because he was in the minority from the auction on. So all of the people on the jury were his own allies, um, which is sort of the only way you can do that. So in that particular case, I, I disagree. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that I, this is why I don't understand the Sandra win, because that's pure bitter jury. Not that bitter jury is real, but you know what I mean? Um, but I think that Parvati easily should have won Heroes versus Villains, and I think she would have um, yeah. over Russell if it was a final two. Um, so I don't know, but I do think that um, I think that Jeff Probst has a definite preference. He likes the alpha male characters. Um, so he, it's not even that he likes men over women, though he clearly does. I think it's like a, he likes the Andrew Savages of the world over yeah. the Stephen Fishbucks of the world. Um, and I think that because he does have so much control over the show, does skew some things sometimes. Uh, and even just in terms of the narrative of this is a great season, this is not a good season. Um, and it'll come down to, th- like, this past season was terrible. But yeah. Mike won, and Mike is exactly the sort of player Jeff likes. So there is Which that. Which is why Jeff said it was such a good season. <laughs> yep. Um, and then that threw, threw everybody's expectations off and, you know, it, disaster. 
But you know what I think the the sort of drought and great female players, I think what it comes down to is I think CBS is more willing to put on a so-so attractive man and they will only put on really attractive women unless it's like the thing that they're not attractive. So like it's a cast or someone, like someone older who they have another thing going on. But I think for the most part, the women who are cast on the show have to be sort of pageant queens and cheerleaders and these sort of things. Um, and they don't do as good a job or they don't seem to care as much about finding interesting, smart women who are going to play the game well, whereas the men, because the looks bar is lower, they'll let in a wider breadth of men. And some of those guys tend to take over. You know, Joe's not going to win. He's just not. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but, you I'm know, annoyed that he's even back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? See, okay. Yeah. I really like Joe. I think Joe is a smarter player than he's reputed to be. I think that in this upcoming season, the new... Do you know about the new Idol twist? Um, I read about it a while ago. I can't even... Oh, that, that they're in competitions this year? Well, they like, are, they are because that's the thing Dalton Ross has been pestering them for years. They, he wants the idols at competitions. But I'm talking about this year the idols won't all look the same. And oh, some right, of them right. might actually be a stick. Uh, so I think this is going to be really interesting to... Because people are going to show people their idols and other contestants aren't going to believe them. Right. Um, and it's also going to really raise the game of faking an idol and that was something that joe did on his season that i feel like could have worked it can't and and certainly this season if he did it this season with the current rules it would work except now that everyone's seen him do it so they're going to be suspicious but i think that if joe i think he he's a great player i really do think he is i think he's just the the men find him very threatening um, I think he's very charming, can win people over, but I think the men find him very threatening, and he'll go out very early. Yeah. Uh, I think but Joe I like likes it. Joe too much for Joe to stick around. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I sort of, that that's something that I started to feel after the season. Um, like, he didn't really campaign for second chances, and he just sort of assumed he'd be on, that kind of stuff. Um, but during the season, I didn't feel like that at all. I really loved Joe. Um you know who I'm really excited about? Speaking of someone who can, like, easily win people to their side, uh, but I think it's less of a threat and could go very far, is I'm really excited about Vetus. You have thoughts on Vetus? <laughs> Tim, are you there? This connection's the worst. Um, anyway, I, I actually wrote a whole thing um, during the uh, what I thought was a fantastic season, the first Blood versus Water um, about brothers and brothers in mythology and in literature and all this kind of stuff and the golden brother and the darker brother. Um, and pretty, pretty usually the darker brother is of far more interest to me. And I think Vetus could, has the potential to be a really killer survivor player. I think he's, if he goes yeah. far enough, he'll be great in, um, endurance challenges because he's a yogi. Um, I, and he can balance on stuff and all that kind of ridiculous skills you need for Survivor. And, um, if you remember after the swap last year or last time he was on, uh, and he was completely alone on his tribe and he managed to c convince all the women to join his side. Um, I honestly think he would have gone straight to the end if they hadn't put too much stock in his brother's pregame alliances in his last season. So I'm really excited to see Vetus back. 
uh, I think he'll do well this for this time around for sure because I think he was more of a threat last season, um, just simply because he was Aris's brother. Yeah. But like now, there's so many strong guys, and even the older guys, except for Keith, <laughs> are really like well-known players. You know, yeah. they they were probably because of Jeff Probst and looking at Terry and Savage. Like yeah. those are two people who got a lot of airtime and were really popular with with the fans. So I think Vetus will sneak in for a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is an interesting thing to when you sort of look at the the trends in the voting to get people into this season. Um, they really did vote in a lot of quote-unquote heroes, a lot of the like big strapping Jeff Probst-style good people. Yeah. Um, I think sort of... Generally, though, don't fans generally agree that the villains are the more interesting players? Like, wasn't everybody rooting for the villains tribe in Heroes versus Villains? I know. And there's really not anybody. I'm looking at the cast. I'm like, I can't Abby remember Maria. any of them being villains. Well, Abby. Abby's the villain. Abby, Cass is the villain. Abby, <laughs> Maria, and Cass. Um, and that's sort of yeah. it. Uh, you know, we missed out on Shane. Um, we missed it. I was, I really wanted Jim Rice back. I was like so intense about campaigning for Jim Rice. Uh, I knew it was a complete long shot. Nobody except me remembers Jim Rice. But I thought he was one of those players who I kept sort of like Jason on Big Brother to go back where I was just like, I know you could be great at this, but you just haven't gotten far enough yet to be able to do... Like, if you played really hard right now, we, I, you wouldn't be playing as well. So, But he didn't make it far enough to turn it on. But I could see it. I knew it was right there, and I really wanted to see him back. But we didn't get a lot of the sort of sassy guys, the, the funny, villainy guys. And we definitely didn't get master strategists. We got competition threats and also Vetus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who, not that he's not a competition threat. I just feel like he's... Sort of the only one of these guys, except maybe Steven, who has it in him to be sneaky. Well, actually, it could, Jeremy could also step it up. We don't really know Jeremy yet. I feel like... Yeah, I, I think without his wife there, he'll do better. <laughs> Not that she was a big piece of his game, but yeah, um, I could see him coming back and really being more of a quiet strategist this time around. Yeah. Um, I'm also excited about Monica Padilla. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting season. I, I'm trying not to get my hopes really far up just because I, uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they are largely unproven characters, even though they're all returnees. They're not, we're not getting the three time returnees. Like we all knew Parvati was going to be great when she came on to Heroes vs. Villains. We all knew we'd get some good stuff out of Rupert, all this kind of stuff, but um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I remember loving Andrew Savage my, when, when I was really young watching the show. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, how are you doing on time? You ready to go? Yep. All right. So any concluding thoughts on second chances and who do you think is going to win? Tim, are you there? I am. <laughs> Sorry. Concluding thoughts on second chances, and who do you think is going to win? Um, concluding thoughts. I'm super excited. I haven't been excited for a season in a while. I think the winner is going to be... I'm going to go with Tasha. I really am. Nice. 
That's a good pick. I, I believe in Tasha. Um, yeah. And who do you think's first out? First out, I think PG. Or whatever her name is. Aww, that's too <laughs> bad. Um, okay. I think she's going to come in too strong, and I think she's going to annoy people. Yeah, okay. I didn't see her season. Um, China's one of my big gaps. Yeah. So, okay, winner's pick. I'm going to go right out on a limb. I'm going to go Kelly Wentworth. I just, I have a feeling about this girl. Um, I also think Shireen has a potential to go really far. Um for guys, I want Vetus, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kelly Wentworth. And first out, I'm sorry, I think it's Stephen Fishbach. I hear grumblings that Andrew Savage has him in his on his radar, and I don't think you survive it when Andrew Savage, leader of all leaders, decides that you he wants you out. I don't know. Also, possibly Joe, <laughs> although they they need him in competitions. So we'll yeah. see. Might. They might be smart this year and keep some of the stronger competitors for a few rounds at least. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm looking at these two tribes and, and they both, they have a pretty good balance of power, I think. Um, but I think Bayon, uh, the one with Andrew Savage and Stephen Fishbach, he's maybe more likely to lose that first challenge. Um, so I'm, I'm worried about Stephen. Uh, but then, okay, so Stephen or Cass is going out first. Because I would get rid of Cass the second I landed on that beach. Oh, yeah, me too, for sure. <laughs> she's going to have a big target. <laughs> yeah, she definitely should. Um, she's one of those people that, like, if you start to get close to the merge, you might as well keep Cass because she's never going to win anything. Yeah. But uh, certainly in those early days, there is no point in having Cass on your team. But so, anyway, awesome. Thanks for coming and chatting with me. Thank you. And uh, everybody, I don't know when we will be back with another podcast because we sort of just do them whenever we have something to say. Um, but definitely keep your eyes on the site, myentertainmentworld.ca. Follow us on Twitter at myentworld and make sure to find us on Facebook. We've got lots of, we've got eight different pages for you to choose from for each of the branches plus the main site.